This is episode 73. Are you actually ready to leave the nest with Nikki Olson? Welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. We are your hosts, Tawny Beardall and Erica Peterson. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. We just talked about the intellectual side of the goal setting. We gave some specific ideas to really prepare to leave the nest. Just as important as those practical skills is the emotional intelligence to be able to be ready to leave the nest. And we have invited back our guest from episode 55, where we talked all about sleep. We invited back Nikki Olson to cover this topic. Nikki, welcome back to Becoming. Thank you. I'm so excited to be back. Can you share with us a little bit about why this is so important to be emotionally prepared to leave the nest? Of course. Yeah. Transitioning to adulthood can mean a lot of things. You don't necessarily need to be a teenager, but anytime you're transitioning, it can be a stressful time. It's a new environment that you are transitioning to, which can create a lot of stress. Usually have a change in schedule wherever you're going, whether you're going off to work or you're going off to school or you're going on a mission. There's just a change in schedule and what you're doing and an increase in responsibility with finances, food, scheduling, things like that. And you're trying to live up to kind of these expectations that your parents have for you. And so if you're not prepared for all of that stress and that transition, you can really struggle in that transition emotionally, which I see a lot of times happen with youth. They aren't prepared emotionally for that transition and that stress that can be added to them. And then it can bring upon some mental health problems, anxiety, depression, things like that, that they weren't prepared for because they weren't necessarily prepared for that transition being so stressful. Oh, I totally agree. And I think we're seeing that more apparently around us. I want to know when the appropriate age is to start thinking about this. What do you think that is? Starting to work on skills for transitioning can really start at age 12. You're not necessarily talking about them leaving the house at age 12, right? But they're learning skills that are going to be helpful for them later on. Essentially, you're working on this from birth, right? Like my philosophy in parenting is that we're trying to raise adults, right? Like however we want our kids to be in adulthood, that's the skill we want to teach them. So you're kind of thinking about these skills really though, when you start turning about age 15 or 16, I think that's the reality of when you're a teenager Um, You start realizing, okay, I'm not going to be living at my parents' house forever. This isn't going to be long-term. I don't want it to be long-term. Let's hope, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I need to start thinking about what that's going to look like. And I think that's a good time to start thinking about what it is that we might be lacking, what areas we might be lacking, or what areas cause stress or struggle for us so that we can beef up those areas while we still have a support system, kind of a safety net at home. I think that's perfect to kind of just visualize of this plan where we are really purposely putting in the time to grow this. And why do you feel like this connects with the intelligence side of our goal setting so well? So intelligence doesn't necessarily just mean intellectual knowledge, like how smart you are. If you look up the intellectual goals, 
that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has set out, a lot of them have to do with emotional goals. Emotional stability and what I like to call emotional self-reliance. I feel like that's kind of what we want to work towards is being able to know when we can do things on our own and know when we need to reach out for help is the definition of emotional self-reliance. We need to be able to do both things and we need to know the difference between the two. That intellectual part of that also has to do with that emotional self-reliance and being able to be stable in that area. I love the term emotional self-reliance. I know as a teenager myself, you are very confident. You feel like you know so much of what is going to happen in your life and you feel really confident. But then the reality of it was a little more surprising than I thought. Even though you may feel really confident about when you leave the nest and when you're going to be out on your own, this is something that is really a skill that you should develop even if you feel like you're going to be just fine and you're not nervous about it. So it's not just for people who are a little bit nervous about their emotional stability. Absolutely. I think we all need kind of a plan. And that's kind of why I created this emotional transition plan that we'll talk about. I don't know that anybody is really prepared to leave the nest, right? Like we all struggle in areas. It rocked my world when I left and really caused some life altering like what am I doing here? What, what is life all about? Which ended up being really good for me, but it was really stressful. And so I think when we can think about that ahead of time and build up strategies ahead of time, we can be able to deal with that differently when that stress comes. Oh yeah. Being emotionally prepared for that and kind of thinking through situations that might come up and then knowing how you want to respond rather than just being a reactive situation mm -hmm. where you weren't prepared, you hadn't thought of that. And then that's when you feel like you're in chaos. Right. Your default mode turns on, like your autopilot, whatever you've done in the past. And if what we've done in the past is have our parents deal with it and that's not an option, we're going to feel really trapped, right? Yeah. Or maybe how we dealt with it wasn't very healthy. Maybe we get frustrated and we yell at people and that's not an option when we're out on our own then we're going to feel really trapped and helpless and hopeless. And that can really spiral quickly. So we want to know those areas that we're struggling in before we leave. So how can we do that? What's a way that we can make sure we're having this self-awareness? Yeah. So I've created this emotional transition plan. Maybe we can jump into that, that yeah, let's um, do. your teens can download. I feel like one, writing things down creates a different mindset for us. You could probably think about these as you're listening, but writing them down for yourself and really tracking them is going to make all the difference, right? Because yeah. our brain is going to forget what we were even thinking about after we turn this episode off, right? So <laughs> writing it down is really going to be key. And then asking for help with your plan is going to be kind of the next step. They can download this plan for free on my website. And you guys, I'm sure will link it, but it's mbbnikki.com forward slash free. And you can download this plan for free and be able to write along as we're doing this. The first part of the plan is to identify situations that have caused you to struggle emotionally in the past. It might be hard to think about what you might struggle with in the future. You might think, oh, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to be on my own. So what we do is we look back in the past and think about things that were stressful for you, things that caused maybe some overwhelm for you or caused you to feel like you just couldn't deal with the things that were before you. 
some of those situations might be like that you had a hard time dealing with negative emotions, maybe sadness, or you had a hard time keeping up with homework, or maybe you had a hard time with friendships and being able to keep those friendships, or maybe the the drama was too much in our friendships, or maybe you struggled with boredom or pornography, you know, any of those things, like right situations, at least three situations that have caused you to emotionally struggle in the past. It's so much easier to just look back in the past and then be able to go from there. That's a really easy way to apply that. Yeah. So the the next part of the plan is on the planet, it's called them self-management strategies. What we mean by that are strategies that you can do to help yourself in these stressful situations in ways that you can deal with them personally that don't involve another person. Hmm. So that's why we call self-management. What are things that you do to help yourself in those moments of emotional struggle? So examples might be listening to music or playing an instrument. Maybe it's going for a walk. Mine is taking a bath. I love to take a bath. Or maybe it's exercise. Maybe it's playing a game or reading or reading the scriptures or saying a prayer. Anything that involves you doing something that at the end of that strategy, you feel some relief and some distraction from the stressful thing that was happening, but didn't involve another person. Because you don't have the availability sometimes to reach out to somebody all the time. So you're not just talking about how we have reacted that's numbing. <laughs> You're not talking about the negative ways, like I just binged watched Netflix and yeah. ate ice cream. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're wanting these to be the helpful self-management strategies that you used. Exactly. Yes. And they can be strategies that you used in the past that maybe aren't working for you now, um, because sometimes they start working for you again. So it's good to come up with a few of these strategies, or they can be strategies that you want to try out or things that are already working for you. So kind of think outside the box. If you're having trouble filling out this area, that's a good clue to you, right? That's a clue that, hey, I maybe need to beef up this area before I move out. I need to develop some self-management strategies or I need to ask other people what their self-management strategies are so that I can try out those things and see if they work for me. And one of those might even be to call home. Absolutely. And that's the next category is social support. Yep. Sorry, I jumped ahead. (laughs) No, you're you're good. No, you're good because that's absolutely true. Is social support is going to be helpful to us in those times, right? And social support does not mean that you have to be face-to-face with that person in the same room. It could be a phone call. It can be a text message. It can be a FaceTime. It can be a therapist. Anybody that you could reach out to And I want you to think about this in a couple different ways for your social support. People that you would reach out to for help and ask for help from somebody, but also I want you to think about people who you would like to call that just get your mind off your problems. I have both in my life. I talk to these people because they just uplift me. They are inspiring. They bring laughter. I just love to be around these people for that reason. I don't necessarily tell them all the bad things that are happening in my life but it's helpful social support, right? But then you have the other social support that you also need people that you can reach out for help and support from and that you can call or text or um, show up at their door and say, hey, I need some help. I find that that's something that I constantly am using is that social support. That's my go-to is just to get in touch with somebody and connect emotionally so that I can feel fulfilled in another way so that I can deal better with some of those 
stresses. And even Mm -hmm. if I can't necessarily unload what I'm going through in that moment, just to be able to connect. But sometimes, yeah, you need both. Like you need somebody who you can really talk to about the stuff you're going through and then people who just build you up. Can I add that I think it's really important to be open to the possibilities of creating a new social support system in the new place that you end up. For me, what I found to be the most helpful was putting myself in new situations to find new friendships. And my favorite were to do like intramural sports or, you know, just even getting a job, something that you can start creating just your new social network to help you through. And these people are where you are. They get it. It's really nice to have people in your space that you can connect with. Absolutely. I think that kind of ties into our next one too. You have to think about, do you have the social ability to make friends easily? Is that something that's going to be easy for you? You probably don't have to worry about it because you'll have all sorts of social support. But if that's something that you struggle with on that first area, right? Like making friends or keeping friends or finding friends. If that's something you struggle with, That's the next category is skills I want to learn for my future, Mm. right? If that's a struggle for you, you're going to want to learn how to do that. And what you're saying is part of learning how to do that is learning where you make friends, right? Like friends don't just show up on your door and say, hey, do you want to be my (laughs) friend, right? Like especially at college, if you live by yourself or you're in a dorm room and you have a single room, that's going to be really difficult. If you have a difficulty making friends and keeping friends, then you're going to want to put yourself in situations like intramural sports or housing that is known to be really social and getting people out there or joining extracurricular activities, clubs, or things like that, attending places that you would want to make friends into. You know, there are plenty of places you can go that you can get a friend, but may not be a healthy friend and may not be a good social support for you. And so finding those places that you would want to. If you're looking at your future and where you want to go and places you're going to go and you struggle with making friends, make sure that the place that you're going provides ways to have that social support. Totally agree. So I I wanted to go over maybe a couple of um, skills because you might be that area like skills I want to learn for my future might be a little like, I don't know what skills I need. (laughs) And so when they download this, I'm going to have these list of skills, but I wanted to kind of talk about a few of them just so people can understand. But one of the struggles that teens have with the transition time is difficulty dealing with negative emotions. Negative emotions are not a bad thing and they don't mean we've done something wrong or that we are bad people. They're a part of life negative experiences, negative emotions are going to come in our lives and we need to learn how to deal with them appropriately and healthy and not feel like it's the end of the world when we feel a negative emotion. So that might be a skill to learn. Asking for help is definitely a skill I think teens may not know how to do or know when to do. Like I talked about that emotionally self-reliant is knowing when to ask for help but also knowing how to ask for help. It's hard for adults too, right? To ask for help when we need it. But I think that's a good skill. If you lack in that, write that down. Um, Making your own decisions, like learning how to weigh the pros and cons of something. Maybe, Maybe you have a difficult time coming up with those solutions and maybe your parents have made those decisions for you or nudged you in a direction because you've had that difficult time. If somebody else is typically making those decisions for you or nudging you, 
then you want to learn that skill. Someone's not going to be there making those decisions for you. Learning how to make a mistake. You're going to make mistakes. Things are not going to go as planned. You're going to fail, but failing is not a bad thing. That is an opportunity to learn. And so learning how to make mistakes in a healthy way, rather than beating yourself up and giving up or feeling like you can't do that thing because you made a mistake. So that's a good skill to learn. Learning to disagree with others, learning to manage your time, learning to be flexible, learning to deal with change. Those are all skills that if you hear that, you're like, oh, I don't know how to do that. You're going to want to write that down, right? Yeah. (laughs) And then you want to make that a goal in in your intellectual goals of what you want to work on for the year. Okay, I have a hard time dealing with negative emotions. In this goal, there are four parts that come up with these goals that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has come up with to kind of make those goals a reality. And the first one is discover what you need to work on. So this plan is helping you discover what you need to work on. And so the second part is plan how you will do it. So if you need that skill, you may not know how to do it, right? Because you're, you're looking at that like, okay, I don't know how to do this. So how do I work on that? You may need to reach out to a leader, may need to reach out to a parent, maybe a therapist if it feels really overwhelming and no one in your life really knows how to help you with that. Professional support is okay and necessary with that. So plan how you'll do it and then you act on that plan. So you need some some ways that you're going to learn how to do that. And then the last one is you need to reflect back on these skills. This emotional transition plan is always a work in progress. It's something that it's not something you fill out and you master and you're like, great, I'm ready to I'm move done. out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you need to constantly be, there's always more skills. Reflect back on that and say, did I do that to the point where I feel like I can do that on my own living by myself? Or do I need to work more on that? Or you know what? I got that. What am I struggling with now that I need to work on? The intellectual goal is always morphing and changing. You never achieve an intellectual goal. That's just an area that you can set goals in. If that yeah, makes sense. So you're that's constantly going to have to be reflecting on where you need to improve. A 99-year-old person could fill this out, those four areas, and come up with goals to work on <laughs> in each of those areas. There will be more on this paper than what I talked about. So you definitely want to download that and look in those areas. And certainly it's not an all-inclusive list. Just because it's not on there doesn't mean we can't struggle with it. So Absolutely. I really love this worksheet. And I think what you just talked about, the discover, plan, act, and reflect on how you use that in your goal setting. This worksheet is awesome to be able to do the discovery part. And I want you to finish off with the last part of it. What is most important to me? How do you figure that out? Okay. So why, why I came up with this is when life gets to be hard and it, when it becomes a really big struggle for us, sometimes we just want to throw in the towel and that can mean many different things. It can mean we want to quit school and move home. It can mean we want to quit that class and we just don't want to take that class anymore. It can mean sometimes we just don't want to have that relationship anymore. But sometimes it can mean something more serious like suicide and wanting to take your life. And when we deal with suicide, and this is where I kind of came up with this idea, but I feel like it applies to any time we just feel overwhelmed and want to give up. One of the things that saves lives 
when we're dealing with that is to remember what is most important to us. And when we're in regards to talking about suicide, we say, and what's worth living for Mm. in those moments, when you read that, it triggers a part of your brain that has logical thinking that can remember why you started this in the first place and what your true goals are. It could be a life-saving measure. And so in that time, sometimes people will say, what's most important to me is my family. But if that's what's most important to you, I want you to write, specifically write their names. Because family won't trigger something, but their name will trigger something in your brain. If it has to do with going to college, what's most important to you about going to college? You know, I want to become a nurse because I want to help people. If you don't remember that when it gets really hard, you're going to quit school when it gets really hard, right? Because you're like, I don't really know why I want to do that. Or if you're on a mission, what's most important to you about going on a mission? Why do you want to do that in the first place? If you don't have something that's super important to you of why you're continuing on in these things, it's super easy to just give up on that thing, right? Like when it's a hard class. I remember being in college in my master's program and it was a really hard class just at the beginning. And I thought, oh man, I don't know if I can become a therapist. (laughs) This is really hard. And I went and talked to one of the teachers and I said, I don't know, maybe I need to change my major and just do something different, a little bit easier. And they said, if the only reason you're changing this is because this is hard for you, then you're giving up on what's most important to you, which is becoming a therapist. And that conversation just really shifted my mind and my attitude. Like I still remember that conversation. Like I could see the guy's face. That was so life-changing for me because I thought, what? Why am I giving up on this? I really do want to do those things. And I was reminded about why I wanted to do that and why that was important to me. And it kept me going through. And I think back on that conversation all the time, like, holy cow, my life could be so different right now. And I could be doing something so different if I didn't remember what was most important to me in that moment. When we're going through something hard and we're struggling, we cannot see the step in front of us. And if you could just look at that little statement, it'll just bring a little light to the situation. I think that's great advice, Nikki. Yeah, it's the most important part of the plan, I feel like. like it really is. This is so helpful for teens, but I think it's helpful for any age to really reflect on how we deal with emotional transitions that happen in our lives. They are not just going to happen when you leave your home. Those reasons have to be there and you kind of need to identify them. So I, I love that for any time in life. It doesn't matter how old you are, but I would mm-hmm. challenge anyone to take a look at this and really write it down. It's so helpful to really write it down. Even if you feel like you have no idea what you're doing, you get started and it just flows. It does. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you're struggling emotionally at all in any area, this can be helpful to sort of sort it out in your mind of what direction you want to go and why you want to work on that. This emotional transition plan can be helpful, you know, like you said, for anybody. But I think the key is definitely writing it down, right? Like you're, you're going to need to, you might listen to this and you think, oh yeah, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. I need to do that. But literally writing it down is going to make the difference. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to ask you, Nikki, as a professional who's been doing this for years, I want to know what you are seeing as one of the biggest stumbling blocks for teenagers who are leaving the nest. What's been a common problem you've seen happen? Yes. Actually, you know what? I just gave a talk on Sunday at a standards night for youth on this exact thing. Like what I see, I came up with four or five things. One was I feel like I'm seeing a fear of failure happening 
where kids are constantly running worst case scenario in their minds. Like, what if this <laughs> happens? What if this happens? And when you have that mindset of, you know, bad things happening all the time, then you're going to feel overwhelmed in life. And that's going to create this hopeless feeling, this helpless feeling and scattered. And, you know, all of that's going to happen. I also feel like there's this perfectionistic tendency that we do things right the first time. And if we don't, then we'll never get it right. So this perfectionism, there's a problem with boredom and not boredom being like they don't have enough to do, but boredom being like, this isn't exciting to me and this isn't engaging. And so mm. everything in life, if it's not exciting and engaging, they, they get bored and then they start to create conflict or drama or intensity in their life to make it exciting. And that can create a lot of overwhelm and stress in their lives. And I also feel like constantly trying to live up to these expectations <laughs> that they have in their lives of how things should be in their lives can be mm. really overwhelming. Those are really good points to have on our mind. And if you really resonate with one of those, maybe that you can take that thought to the worksheet and go from there. And Nikki, would you mind just summing up the worksheet and the different areas that we're going to focus on? Absolutely. Yeah. So first, you're going to want to figure out the situations from your past that have caused you to struggle emotionally before you leave. So you're, we're not talking about thinking about what you're going to struggle with, but what has been a struggle for you emotionally in the past and come up with those situations, those moods, those people, whatever it might be. The second thing is to come up with some self-management strategies, things that you can do on your own that don't involve another person to be able to deal with stress or emotional struggle. The third one is social support. And this is support that you can reach out to for help but also support that you might reach out to that might just kind of get your mind off your problems and just be uplifting or inspiring. The next one is coming up with skills that you want to learn for your future that you know maybe are causing some of these emotional struggles. And we have a list of those that you can go through. Also, if you don't know what your skills you need to learn for your future, I guarantee there's an adult in your life that will be willing to tell you. <laughs> you can, <laughs> if you ask them, they will tell you what they think you need to learn. So just, just ask if you're kind of confused. And then the last part is find out what is most important to you and worth continuing on with whatever goal you want when you leave the nest. Such a perfect way to sum that up. And I'm so grateful for this lesson. Um, Nikki, will you tell our listeners a little bit about how they can actually work with you and find you? Absolutely, yes. So my website is mbbnikki.com and MBB stands for Mind Body Bridging. I talk a little bit about it on our last episode. Basically, it's a therapy modality that I use with people. Mental health is not just about our mind, it's about our body and how our bodies react. And I teach skills about how to find peace and comfort in your mind and your body through these skills. So I'm a licensed mental health therapist in the state of Utah. But I work with other people out of state through my website, but I have to call it consultation because I'm not licensed in every state. <laughs> so you can work with me individually through my website. You can see how to get an appointment with me. But also I have courses for parents that teach parenting skills and mind-body bridging skills. And I also have a basic skills course that I think would be just phenomenal for any teen that's leaving. If you want a good graduation present, <laughs> get them that, that right. course. That can be one of their skills they want to learn for their future is to go through that course. I just think it would be really helpful for them. And then, of course, you can always find me on social media, MBB Nikki. Perfect. 
I love that our listeners have access to you because I know every time I've been around you and listening, I just want to learn more from you. You are such a great teacher and you're so loving and patient. I'm so thankful you're willing to take time to teach us today. Yes. Thanks for having me. It's so fun. I love being on your guys' podcast. I'm sure you can't get away for too long. We'll have you on again soon. (laughs) I would love it. (laughs) Thanks, Nikki. Yes. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Teen Job Prep. If you are a teen wanting to find a part-time job but aren't sure where to start, check out Teen Job Prep. They have a professional resume builder designed specifically for teens and video training so that you feel prepared to find a job and keep it with little or no experience. Go to teenjobprep.com and use the code BECOMING to get 10% off.